0: God, I'm going to get you out of here on time. Open your Bibles if you have one, Daniel chapter 1, verse 3. Uh, today we continue our study, and it's very simple, and very easy. Um, I will show you, we dropped out one preposition. I'll show you that later on. Uh, there's a word, one word missing in our notes, but I'll, you'll, you'll write it in and it'll be fine. Um, repeat the topic with me, please. Say, building, building. a better foundation. We're answering one question this year, and the question is, how do you cut a new path in your life? If you want a new path in your life, what do you do? My answer to that question is pretty simple. First of all, you have to build a better you. Can you sit up with me, please? Say, build a better you. You have to work on yourself, and there's a whole lot we talked about regarding that. You can go back and listen to it online or on the, in the notes. It's real easy. Secondly, we said you have to build a better vision. You have to decide you want to see And that's going to require something of you. Are you willing to see things differently? Third thing is you have to be willing to make sure that you are open to building a better foundation. Sometimes you can see. Sometimes you've decided what you want to change in your life. But you have to start over again. You have to to relate to people differently when you get married, when you date, when you go out. You have to say, okay, last seven relationships went wrong. So now what do I do? I change the way I pick, I change what I do when I date, I change what I do when I get a job. Now I have money again, I have an opportunity in a new home. What can I do to make sure this home doesn't get in such bad shape as the last one? I'm in a new city with new friends. What can I do differently to make sure that my life doesn't go in the wrong direction? And so we're building a better foundation. Now, last week I told you the one thing you have to do in order to build a better foundation was you have to listen. And I talked to you from Daniel chapter one and showed you how in Daniel, which is our book we're going to study for the next few weeks, one of the big problems that Israel had was they didn't listen. And Jeremiah warned them for twenty three years or so. Look, guys, you need to stop behaving this way, serving other gods, and they didn't listen. So when you get to Daniel, this is the result of not listening. Can you say that with him, please? Come on, say this yes. is the result. Of not listening. That's an important thing to just get in your mind. If some things happen because we didn't listen. We weren't willing to hear another voice. So once you nail down the truth that you need to listen, if you want to build a better foundation, then you have to move to the next phase that you have to learn. Come on, say listen, listen. and learn. Yeah. So I decided I want to build a better foundation, trying to cut a new path for my life. I'm listening. Now I have to pay attention and learn. And that's what we're talking about today. You must learn before you build. You can't just pick up the bricks and start moving. We have to have a map. And so, note with me, there is um there's a lot I'm going to say and I want to I want to say that this is a sermon that could be misunderstood if you're not careful for a lot of reasons. And I'm going to I just put it into a statement and I call it uh, an important balance because it's really really important. So, So that you're clear, the big question today is how do you build in a hostile environment? How do you build when you're in an environment that doesn't seem to want you to build anything new? In Daniel chapter 1, these guys, Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as you know them. These four guys are going to be building, and they're going to be building in an environment where people are hostile. It's not peaceful. So let's be clear about something. I want you to learn this first lesson. It's not always going to be peaceful. When you decide to change your life, Jesus warned you. He says, I don't bring peace. I bring division. When you say I'm to those friends, I'm not hanging out and doing that anymore. And you, if you hang around with people who drink a whole lot and you stop drinking, they, they, they can't. What's wrong with you? Would you better than us? People struggle sometimes when you change when you don't talk about women the way you used to, when you don't do, talk about men the way you used to, when you don't follow the same patterns. And I know I'm picking on a few small things here, but there are, there, are, there are people who only are comfortable with people like them. And so when you decide to make this change, there will be some difficulty. And this story, though, what's amazing is this, these are four guys who have lived right, they have done the right things, but now all of a sudden they find themselves in bondage. And it's not their fault. They didn't do anything. These were four listening guys. These were four guys who were obedient to God. The nation around them didn't do right. You can be in a family that's being judged and you didn't do anything. It's your family members as a group that made a decision to be ungodly. You made a decision to serve God. You can be married to a person. This is really hard to hear, but you can be married to a person. And half the house can be blessed and half the house can be judged. And it can feel like the whole house is judged. Because the whole house um, as a, as a, just does not respond. For example, you can have great kids and members in your family can teach them behaviors that are unhealthy for them. And you're doing your best to teach them how to do it right. And that's a hostile environment. You feel it. You know, you, they should, one of my um, family, members who I love, Dearly, used to tell my son, you're going to be a player when you grow up. I said, no, he won't. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's going to be a, look, at, he's going to be a player. I said, players are always payers. They always pay in the end. All the guys who run all around and have 15, 30, 45 people, a lot of, a lot of child support. Say amen to him. Yeah. Not for you, for somebody you know. A lot of challenges. It's not as much fun as you thought it was as you get older. You, start, you have to pay for that. You pay for it emotionally, mentally, kids you don't know, families you don't know. You have to apologize a lot, cry a lot. Sometimes you get older because all you have is those memories. It was fun. It was fun in your youth, high school, middle school, a little bit of college. Right around college age, you start fading out, you know, because when, when you start having to face the judge and have to go down to the clinic and all them places, all that, if you don't know what I'm talking about, good for you, amen, praise God. It, it just starts fading out after a while, see. Not as much fun. So please understand that sometimes you're building in a hostile environment and sometimes you didn't originate the circumstances. You didn't create them necessarily. But sometimes you've got to manage what your daddy did, manage what your mama left you. You've got to manage what was created for you. And when you have to manage it, you sometimes have challenges. So here's my, what I call important balance. You ready? Follow me now. And look for my missing word. It's going to show up in a minute. I don't endorse slavery. Now, that's important you see why in a minute I say that. Or in- encourage people to stay in bondage. Read that with me, please. Come on, say, I don't yes. endorse yes. slavery. Yes. Okay, everybody clear about that? Say amen if you are. Yes. Okay, so I don't endorse slavery or encourage people to stay in bondage. But sometimes you are in, there it is, in circumstances, that's the word, that's missing, that will not change right now. You are in circumstances that will not change right now. When you do what you can do to win in an unwinnable physical or spiritually hostile environment, what you do if you want to win in an environment where there's challenge, look at the pastor for a second. If you want to win, you have to decide to be different. You have to decide that you're going to be Different. Daniel and and his friends were all standing there in a, add the word spiritually, should have been spiritually hostile environment. What you want to do is you want to imagine these, these guys are standing in an environment they didn't create, and they're going to be there for a very long time. To be exact, 70 years. Wow. Everybody say, wow. 70 years. 70 years they're in this spiritual environment that is difficult, it's painful, it's hard, and they didn't create it. So what do you do? What do you do when you're in an environment that's hostile spiritually to you, it's not not friendly? Um, You can't leave your family, you can't leave your circumstances at this season, so what can you do? This is not a sermon about deliverance in the way Christians normally describe it. This is about a hostile environment. This is about what kind of environment? Hostile Hostile what kind? What can you do in an unwinnable, hostile environment? You can't leave your family. You can't leave your circumstance. You can't leave your circumstances at this season. So what can you do? This is not a sermon about deliverance, the way Christians always describe it. Christians always say, "This is your season? This is your day? You know, Jesus is going to work it out. This problem that I had, right? He's going to fix it. That's what we think. This is about a hostile environment that follows you how long? All of your life. For example, some of you have children. They're going to be crazy based on what you see now, at least another month. That oh, made me not crazy. I say not in a good place. Your child, your son, your daughter, based on your current estimation, based on the current trend, how much longer will they be like this? Based on the current trend. How long did it take you? How old were you when you came to your senses? Some of you say, oh, I just came there a few minutes ago. (laughs) I want you to think about this for a second. I want you to think about this for a minute. Sometimes in your life, what has happened to you is something that you can't change. You cannot leave this job today. These four guys were in a hostile environment. They were all brought into slavery and they couldn't leave for the rest of their lives. That's why I told you I don't endorse slavery. I'm just telling you their story. When we teach on Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these four guys, Daniel was the guy who was later on going to be delivered from the lions. Then remember Shadrach and Meshach were the guys that were in the fiery furnace, right? And then they get delivered from the fiery furnace, but they went back to being slaves. Sometimes in life, you're in a circumstance that's not going to change today. And that's a problem for some people. That's why I said discernment can be a problem for you. Because you'll say, well, yeah, wait a minute. You're trying to say I'm not going to be delivered? You're trying to say God's not going to deliver me? Didn't he promise? Yeah, I got that. But this is a challenge. How do you balance the miraculous belief that God will deliver you with the reality that sometimes in life, this is a long-term challenge? Your son or daughter has been in this situation for how long? Your life has been, your family has been, the people are, you know, in your life, they never paid you back. You're not going to ever get your money back. That's over. Forget it. Move on. You say, no, I'm going to harass them until they die. Well, you'll be harassing all your life because they're never going to pay you back. What if you're in a circumstance that's a bondage-like circumstance that's not going to change today? Here's what you have to do. First of all, let's be clear about something. You can't sit there and blame God. Well, God, you said in the word, you promised in the Bible. No, wait a minute, for a second. Let's not elect your God for a minute. Let's learn what he said. Here's what he said. You ready? Acts chapter 20, verse 27. He says, teach them the whole counsel of God. You have your favorite verses, your favorite little phrases that you like, and that's what you talk about. Okay, you pick and choose. We do it all the time. Pentecostals like to talk about worship. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And then the Baptist, you know, the word, the word, everybody's got their favorite part. Catholics got their moves. Everybody got something they do. Everybody has their favorite little spot they jump in. And so, and now, you know, the evangelicals, it's all about politics, you know, in some cases. You know, it's like, okay, okay. And so, all right. Everybody's got their thing they're doing. Everybody's doing at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if we're not careful, we don't teach the whole counsel of God. You can't just pick three or four things you like and ignore everything else. Christians do this all the time. All the time, they'll pick on me. You need to shout more, boy. You need to let it go, son. Come on, let your feet move. Come on. Now I like him. I like him. See? Then some people say, you need to quiet down. too loud. I can't make everybody happy. Tell your neighbor, say, be yourself. Come on, be yourself. That's why God made all the different foods. You can go to get spaghetti if you want it. You can get some chicken if you want it. You can get some hot sauce if you don't. Whatever you want. God doesn't want everybody to eat the same thing. Can you get an amen to that? I get tired of people telling me, all these churches need to come together. Really? Well, let's all go to one restaurant. (laughs) Let's all live in one big house, one neighborhood. God doesn't mind variety. He just doesn't like division. Can I get an amen if you hear me, church? It's about division and attitude. So please understand, here you are. Looking at a, at a situation where God didn't do what you thought because you thought he only does things one way. But here's the problem. You didn't hear the whole counsel of God. And secondly, I believe, if you're not careful, you didn't read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13. Hebrews 11:13 13 made a statement that can bother you. When you hear the whole counsel of God, it will bother you because it doesn't always go your way. And it's not always peaceful. Here's what he said. Some victories come different ways. Verse 13 of Hebrews chapter 11. All these people were still living by faith when they did what? Died. They did not receive the things promised. They did not receive the what? Things promised. So you're saying that every promise in my life is not going to be fulfilled? Let me just say it to you this way. Why does it have to be fulfilled in your life? Every single promise in the Bible for you. I mean, I I don't know why you want everything and you won't leave anything for anybody else. Why is it that it has to always be that you only see one way for everything? Sometimes people die without receiving all the promises. Here's a great revelation for me as a pastor. You ready? Everything this church will ever do, say that with me, please. Come on. I don't have to do now. Did you get that? Everything this church will ever do, I don't have to do now. I don't have to, I don't have to feel the burden then I've got to build every single building. I'm going to build under one or two, but I'm not going to build maybe two, who knows, two or three. Who knows? We'll see. But I'm not going to feel burdened to build everything we're going to ever build in our history. If we last for another hundred years, I won't be here. Do You know that, right? <laughs> Guess what? You won't be here either. <laughs> this is your last generation too. And so the, uh, the, the reality is I don't need to feel the burden. Everything that my family will ever have, I, I won't give them. There's something about understanding that there is a growth process in life. And I I need to be okay with that. Everything is not going to happen in my life. And so sometimes I need to understand this is an eternal journey and then there's an earthly journey. Some things happen now, some things happen later. But what we tend to do is we pick the favorite parts of the Bible we like and we take out all the pain parts and all the disappointment parts And we think everything's going to happen now. No. David didn't build the temple. His son did. Everybody doesn't get to do everything. Everybody doesn't get to do everything. Can we say that? Come on. Everybody doesn't get. And everybody doesn't get to keep everybody. It doesn't always happen in my lifetime. What I'm doing many times here's a big word. I'm laying a foundation upon which somebody else will build. The Bible says that the Foundation was the apostles and prophets. in Ephesians, we're building on top of that foundation. That's what you need to see and not be so frustrated because you don't have every single thing you ever dreamed of in your life. Can I get an amen if you're hearing me? So here we go back to these guys, these four guys who are building a foundation and striving to build a new life in this new place. And it's painful. It's painful. Everybody say painful. It's painful for them. They're building a foundation. They're having trouble. They're struggling. They're renamed. They have a new name. They have a new name. They have a new name. Imagine that. If I walked up to you and said, your name is? Say your name. Gigi. No, it's going to be Clara. They changed their name. Not only did they change their name, they changed everything about them. They changed their name. They changed where they live. So let's say I picked you all up, all of you up, and move you to Alabama. I change your name. I take your house. I take your car. I take all your cards. And what do you do for a living? I changed it. You're no longer that now. You're going to be a plumber. That's what I want you to be. I change your profession. I change everything. And you have no power. That's what these four guys are. That's called a hostile environment. And they're in this environment, and they're trying to figure out how can I build a new foundation in this environment? What can I do in this environment? What can I do to fix this? What can I do? Now, while they're building, figuring out what they're going to do and how they're going to build this new foundation, this new life in this new place with new names, stripped of everything they've had, they're never going to go back. This is amazing. They're never going to go back to what they had before. See, that's a hard thought for a Christian. But there are people in the world who live like this. There are people in the world who've gone through this. They're going through it right now in different parts of the world. And so here you have these folks, these four guys trying to manage that. But you also got another guy building a foundation. His name is Nebuchadnezzar. He's the king. And Nebuchadnezzar has these new people he's just captured, and he's deciding what he wants to do with them. So you really have two foundations being built. Now, I want you to do this. I want you to compare both. I want you to learn from both. Now, this is emotional. It can be hard, but I want you to learn how these four guys are going to manage it, okay, this week and next week. And then we're going to talk about this other guy, Nebuchadnezzar, mainly this week. We're going to show you eight things this guy, Nebuchadnezzar, was determined to put in the foundation of this, of this new nation he just conquered. There are four, eight things he says I'm going to do. He's, he's, he's clearing his mind about what he wants. And so here's what I want you to do. Ready? This is tough. Watch me for a second. I want you to get on this side with the four guys, okay, and I want you to think like them. I cannot go home. I cannot change my reality. I am in this situation. Ready? I'm on this job. I can't leave it right now. I'm in this marriage. I'm not planning on leaving right now. I'm in this family. I'm not leaving right now. I'm in a circumstance that is not perfect and it feels hostile. And and there are things about it I don't like. Okay, so what do I do to manage it? Are you with me? What do I do to manage it? That's why I said in the very beginning. I'm not trying to say that I believe in slavery. I'm not trying to say any of that. I'm just simply saying, you be here now, so how do you manage here? You are now an Alabamian. Are you with me? You now live in New Mexico. Pick the city. You're now in a new place. You don't speak the language. Nobody talks like you talk. They don't dress like you dress. You have to change everything. Your hairstyle, your clothing style, everything. They tell you what you do. So now these guys are going to show us how they responded. And here's what they did. You ready? The first thing you want to do is, say with me, please, say learn the new expectations. Come on. Yeah. I told you this is really good. Hang with me. Learn the new expectations. That's the most important thing you're going to do. Second thing you're going to do, scroll down, to flip over a little bit to the next, next page, understand the goals of those in power. Say that with me, please. Come on. You want to know what they expect of you. And then you want to, lastly, understand the whys of those in power. Say, understand, understand. the whys of those in power. Now, that would be important. Go back to the top. Let me show you how this works. You ready? Learn the expectations. Nebuchadnezzar said clearly in Daniel chapter 1, verse 3, the king instructed Aspenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants. Now notice, that. Notice, notice what he says. He wants some of the children of Israel, some of the king's descendants, some of the nobles, young men, verse 4, in whom there was what? No blemish, but there will be what? Good-looking, want some good-looking folks, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, and quick to understand who had ability, who had what? ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. So the first thing you should do is you need to learn what they expect from you. This, this is a list of expectations. And you should learn what they're going to call you. Notice in verse um, 6, from, now from among these, those of the sons of Judah, were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, to whom the chief of the eunuchs gave names. Who gave them the names? Chief of the eunuchs did. He gave Daniel the name, Belshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, uh, Abednego. No, Abednego. All right, now, watch this. All these people were given these eight things. I'm sorry, they were given these names, and they were required to have eight specific things in their lives. Now, watch with me. And, I'm sorry, get that right picture. They, they, he was looking for eight specific foundational elements. He told Ashpenaz, the guy in charge, these are eight. these are eight things to look for. Eight specific expectations. Number one, he wanted ordinary people. Say that with him, please. Come on. He he didn't want all fancy people. Just give me some people from the children of Israel. Okay? Number two, he wanted what? Trained people. He wanted some who were trained. He wanted some who were leaders. They were nobles. He wanted some that really took care of themselves. When you pick these folks, no blemishes, good-looking folks. Then he says, I want some gifted people. I want some knowledgeable people. I love this. I want some young, gifted people. I want some young people who are knowledgeable. I want some young, quick learners because they've got to learn a new language. I also want people who could serve at the king's palace. Notice he is very specific about what he wants. That's important. You are on this side now. What does your world expect from you? You need to be clear about that. You're in a marriage that's not working right. Okay, so let's sit down and understand the expectations. If I'm not leaving, I need to know what the rules are. If I know what the rules are, we might can find our way to a place of peace. But if I refuse to even care about the expectations, we'll live our lives in a constant cycle of strife. Are you with me? So I'm going to be on the job for another 5, 10 years. I can't go anywhere. I have no place I want to go. I don't want to move out of Savannah wherever you're living. I don't want to leave the city. I am in. so if that's the case... I need to make this work. I'm a pastor of a church. I need, okay, I don't, the deacons and I, we got, I got to figure out the deacons. If I'm going to stay or every few months, we're going to be in strife. So what are the expectations? That's what you need to make a goal in your life. Now, here's the next part of this. You ready? Once you understand the expectations, you also need to understand the goals. What are they trying to accomplish? Never can these had goals. Here they are. You ready? Their goal was to have a mixture of talent. They didn't just want one kind. They wanted a mixture. Secondly, their goal was to, to clearly articulate, oh, but it's so important, a clear vision. So Nebuchadnezzar says, come here, Aspenaz. Let me talk to you, dude. Here's what I want. Eight things. Are you clear? Don't bring me people that don't meet these eight qualifications, okay? I want eight. eight. I want a mixture. I want people who can read. I want people who are smart. And so he's clear. He clearly articulates. Let me tell you something. Most of the time, the reason we don't get along is that we're not clear. If you have to survive in a hostile environment, you need to learn to be clear. I'm not leaving this job this week, so I need to become clear about what they want. They want me here at 8 o'clock, but they would really like it if I came at at, at 745. I ain't giving nobody no time. uh, They ain't paying me them 15 minutes. I ain't showing up. They are tired of you running in there clocking in late or almost on time. They would prefer. So guess what you should try to be? 745. Look, give up 15 minutes for a job. Can I hear amen to that? It's all about attitude. They would prefer you not use certain words. They would prefer. So they want you to wear your uniform a certain way. Understand their expectations. You can lower all of your need for praying for deliverance if you could just learn their (laughs) expectations. No one said they're right. No one said it's smart. I just simply said this is what they expect. Now, in this culture, you couldn't do what you do here. You know, some of you aren't taking nothing. See, they just key you back then. They just let you become a lunch meat for a lion, see? They just told you, attitude or lunch meat, what you going to do? No, I'm fine. What you want? See, if they offered you the lion's den or or coming on time, you just be on time. All you got to do is see four or five people thrown in there and you change your mind right away. (laughs) So understand, this is a moment where these guys are clearly told, here's what I expect. So here's, here's the deal. The goals were mixture of people. Clear vision, and then their goal was to get the best, even if it meant discriminating. Everybody couldn't go. What I love about this is how honest they are about what they want. You know, Christians have a hard time discriminating, they think it's ungodly and unfair. But if you were trying to win the NBA championship and you had to pick between me and Steph Curry, (laughs) see? I'm just saying. See, I'm already off the team. See, look at your face, Pastor Rick. <laughs> you can go preach, but you can't. You can't. Steph Curry, you, you. it's over, dude. You, there's no question. Watch this. How many of you would choose me? <laughs> Not one person. You're praying. You know you don't mean that. You ain't going to choose me. See, I want you to know, it's, it's, it's amazing how in this moment, these guys said, no, I want to achieve a goal. So these are the eight things I need. What do you need? What do you need? You keep choosing friends that won't help you get to where you're trying to go. You can learn from these guys if you pay attention. These guys said, no, I need a mixture. I can't, I can't just have one kind of person in my life. The, the, the honesty is what I, I want you to look at. I didn't say it was fair. I just said it's what, they, look at what they're doing. And then understand this as I close. The wise. They decided what they wanted to accomplish. The decisions that Nebuchadnezzar made was based on what he wanted to accomplish. He's decided. Have you decided? I didn't say it was right. I just said observe what he's doing. You work, you work in a company. What, why are they? Why? You may not even agree, but at least know why. You're in a servant position. You're not in charge. Stop acting like you were in charge in the break room talking about everybody. You're not in charge. You work here. You need a job. You're trying to make this relationship work. You're, trying, you're in a family. Yeah? Okay, everybody in the family is, okay, you think crazy. Okay, but you're here. You're not getting out. Are you getting out? Is there an exercise or something? If you're going to be here, you need to understand the whys. You need to understand the reasons. You need to understand where they are. You need to understand, and then you need, you need to respond to that. Now watch this now. The whys. Understand the whys. Here's, what the, here's why they did what they did. They wanted people that were gifted enough to help them. They wanted people... Wise enough to help them. They wanted people knowledgeable enough to help them. They wanted people that were quick. They decided that they wanted to win. Here's what I really believe about us. Winning is secondary. Changing your life is not really primary. If it were primary, you'd you'd make different choices. If it were primary, you would hear God differently. You wouldn't have to be pushed so much. This sermon really kind of forces you to do a couple of things. One, admit where you are. These four guys had to admit, this is not changing. Not tomorrow and not today. I'm in the military. I signed up for four more years. So there are two ways out of here. I don't like either one of those, so I'm going to hang in here and change my attitude. So here are three things as I close, three things I want you to take away from this sermon. You ready? You must learn to manage your current challenges. Say that with me, please, come on. You must learn to manage your current challenges. This is it. Number two, you must work to understand those that have power over you. You must work to understand the people that have authority over you. I like these four guys because these four guys managed the world they were in, and they became masterful at it. They're going to become leaders. They're not going to look like slaves when they they get through. These are the guys that are going to have the most influence in the whole nation. And it's all because they learned how to manage where they were. You're trying to pray your way out. God says, you ain't getting out. 70 years. You don't have another place to go right now. I want you to stay here. I want you to learn how to manage this. And then thirdly, you must trust God during the hostile seasons. When it's hostile, you, you trust God. They understood that they were in a hostile environment. You won't face it. And sometimes you're in a hostile environment, you're trying to serve God, you're dating somebody, and you won't even admit, this is a hostile environment. I'm trying to obey God. Every time I try to obey God, they pull me away. Every time we go out on a date, they start smiling on the up tonight. I said, I told you I'm trying to obey God. I shouldn't be sleeping around with you. Well, I know, I know, but I have a need. See, there you go, hostile. Sometimes you need to say, it's a hostile. Hostile, hostile. Every time I try to, every time I try to, you know, try to hang out, you guys want to go to the club and and, and, and tempt me with all these half naked people and why am I going here? Why? It's a hostile environment. I need to get out of here. Why am I in here? This is an environment that works against my vision for my life. Why am I listening to this music? This is hostile music. This music tells me to do things I don't want to do. It doesn't, it doesn't agree with my vision for my life. Can I get an Amen? amen. Am I in a hostile environment? Are you okay? Come on, it's getting hostile now. Get, watch out. I'm feeling the vibe. All I'm saying is you need to decide what you want. Nebuchadnezzar knew what he wanted. Do you know what you want? Do you know where you are? Are you facing the truth? You are a single parent. You have X amount of dollars. You, have, you, are, you are a divorced person. You are not going to marry tomorrow. There's no guy in the horizon. You need to change your life. You need to pause and say, this is my life. This is me. I need to face where I am. I went to the doctor. He said, A, B, and C. Now, that's the truth. I may confess the Bible. I can talk in tongues. But he said, you got high blood pressure. And that's the truth today. Come on, say amen. Amen. And you need to take the pill today until you exercise enough until he takes you off of it. Unless you might be having another challenge you don't want to have in the hospital praying for God to deliver you. You see, you need to decide, this is where I am. And this is what I need to face. And I can't run from it. And I think we do. And I think what helps you manage those environments is training. So next week I'm going to show you some training tips that will help you manage a hostile environment. I'm going to give you some guidelines. I love these guys. These guys stepped into a hostile environment and they mastered it. They stepped into a hostile environment and they learned and modeled some lessons for us. There's things you can do in a hostile environment that can change everything. God can make you a winner around losers. Come on, say amen. Amen. Come on, amen. I believe that. Let's all stand together, shall we? Father, we have studied your word today. We have learned. We have grown. Today, we thank you for how your word has come alive in our hearts and minds. In these 34 minutes, we believe, Lord God, you've spoken to us. You've given us an opportunity to think about where we are. For some, it's going to be a transforming moment because they're going to say, okay, I am in a hostile environment. i got good friends who are hostile toward my decision to change. Sometimes our mates can be hostile toward change. They're confused by our sudden changes. So we need to understand where they are. Sometimes our kids are confused, our friends. Sometimes, Lord God, we are confused. God, you can speak to us in this environment. You can guide us through the lion's den, guide us through the fiery furnace. When our enemy is set to harm us, you can train us and show us techniques to survive it. So, God, I give you glory and I give you honor and I give you praise in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. (sighs) Look at me for a second. I have a friend who came by here the other day. And he, he's, he's a martial artist, and he's really good. And um, he looks like he can't hurt you, but he can hurt you many ways. And so I put my hands out against his hand, and I tried to wrap his hand, and, and, he, and he, he, he countered me. It was so great. He countered me and went the other way and tried to step in to harm me. <laughs> it's, it's the way you step in. He, and he stepped in, and I stepped around him. It was such a good moment. And, and not that I'm that good, but... But I do remember a little bit, and I remember, I remember thinking, training, training. He just, he just knew what I was doing. He knew I was trying to manipulate his arms and trying to get his elbows, trying, and he just he laughed. And, and I was making a point. He was talking about something else. And I said, just like Jesus, you train to do that, Jesus can train you to survive hostile moments in your life. And he laughed. He said, you know, Temple, you're right. Jesus can. I said, just like it's not a thought for you to just try to harm me and sneak up on my right side. It's good footwork, dude. I said, just like that, Jesus can train you to survive the onslaught of the enemy. Do you believe God can give you grace? Come on, do you believe God can give you grace? God going to give you some training. Come on, God going to give you some training. Come on, God going to give you some training. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you today. I give you praise. We leave with faith, believing that your hand is on us and that all lives will never be the same, whether it be in a hostile environment or not. We're going to be all right. With every hand down for a minute, every head bowed. If you're here today and you said, Pastor, I heard you today, and what you said spoke to me about my life, and what I want you to do is pray for me because I don't feel that I'm walking with God, but I want to. If you're here today and you want to walk with God, you want God to move in your life, you want God to touch you, touch you, said, Pastor, I really need to make this decision to serve him. I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Anybody saying, pray for me, Pastor. My walk with God today. Anyone. I want to give my life to Jesus. What you said spoke to me. Every hand lifted. We leave knowing that hearts are lifted and minds are touched. Touch those whose hearts are lifted today who want to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. May this be the beginning day of a new day for them, both here and at home. May their lives never be the same. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. Next week, I'll see you back, right?